God, let's, uh, let's pray together. God, we, uh, we do believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe that he, through his supernatural uh, involvement inside of us is the only way we can understand the Bible. Understand the Bible in a way that's life-giving to us. We can understand it in an academic way, um, which really does us no eternal good. So we need you, uh, Holy Spirit, to give us supernatural eyes, supernatural ears, because we want to hear you speak through the word. And uh, help us give us those kind of ears. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So uh, I'm going to start with just this slide here that says, uh, the Holy Spirit said, and then, you know, comma, quote, something. And usually if you were to hear somebody say that, well, the Holy Spirit told me or the Holy Spirit said to me, um, most of us get a little bit of a weird meter, you know, tension about us. Like, I don't know about, you know, Holy Spirit saying something to people. And, uh, but that's... uh, in the Bible, it's normal. The Holy Spirit said to people. But like I said, we, we tend to think it's... Uh, I grew up in an environment where if somebody would have said, well, the Holy Spirit said this to me, I would have said, that's weird, you're wrong, you're, um, you must have had something bad to eat this morning or whatever. But I want to start off by saying this. The Holy Spirit saying something to me or to you should be no different than me saying, Ryan Edwards said something to me. He's a friend of mine. The Holy Spirit's a friend of mine. Bill Downey said something to me. My wife said something to me. Saying that the Holy Spirit talks to you and says things to you should be no different than, the, than you having those kind of conversations with friends. Um, it's not like this you know, weird kind of thing. It's supposed to be normal. The Bible tells us it's normal. So uh, that's the phrase today, as the Holy Spirit said. We're going to look at some situations in the book of Acts where it literally says, the Holy Spirit said, comma, quotes, and then something said, and we're going to talk about that. How do we become the kind of people who this becomes normal in our lives? So we've been doing a series called Honor the Holy Spirit. Like I said before, that there's two things that are really important to the church. No matter what happens with hardship or persecution or whatever, is we learn how to honor the Holy Spirit and learn how to pray like Jesus. That's kind of some core issues that have to do with the supernatural aspect of Christianity, which is really what makes it distinctive. So honoring the Holy Spirit, we did, uh, oh, I, I've been, what I do is I look through John uh, 15, 16, and 17, where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, and the book of Acts, and I have it all printed out, all of those, you know, printed out on, a, on printing paper, and then I start highlighting things. And so the first one we talked about, the phrase receiving the Holy Spirit, Jesus says that, says that in the book of Acts. We talked about the Holy Spirit being poured out on people, the Holy, Holy Spirit um, filling people, falling on people. Those are all the verbs that are used. The Holy Spirit fills people. He's poured out on people. And I mean, by people, I mean you and me. Not, not somebody else, but you and me. All right, and that's what he does. So this week, I was, uh, I was intrigued with just the fact that the Holy Spirit says things, that he talks. He doesn't just fill us. We don't just receive it, receive him. He's, he doesn't just fall on us, but he says things to us. And it's meant to be normal. So let me start off by this. So in, in John, go to the next slide. In John chapter 14 and 15 and 16, where Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit, he calls him the advocate, the Holy Spirit. And he, he uses these exact phrases when he's telling the disciples, they really had maybe a vague notion of the Spirit of God, because it's talked about in the Old Testament, but not in the way where ordinary people could access the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it was like the prophets the super spiritual people, or the certainly gifted people. But now Jesus is telling this group of uneducated people, the disciples, that there's this, the Holy Spirit's going to become 
in them. And he says this, he's going to teach you, he's going to remind you, he's going to guide you, he's going to tell you. Well, those terms alone sound like there's a conversation happening, right? Because the Holy Spirit's going to teach me and remind me and guide me and tell me. That's what a person would do, and to do that, they have to talk. So if the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, teaches us, reminds us, and what he says, he's going to remind you of things I've said. The Holy Spirit often reminds us of things the Bible says or Jesus said. Um, he guides us. By, he, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth. And then he will tell you, and what he, Jesus said, he's going to tell you what he's heard from me. The Holy Spirit will only communicate to us what he's heard from Jesus. Jesus said he's going to tell you what he's heard from me. So the Holy Spirit doesn't, he's not a, he's not a loner. He doesn't do his own thing. He will never tell you to do something that is opposing to Scripture. I'm going to say that up front, too, because I had, in two different situations, I've had people tell me uh, that the Holy Spirit was telling them it was okay to pursue an immoral lifestyle. Two different situations. Oh, I I know, it's the Spirit that told me that. And I remember saying to those people, that can't be the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit would never contradict what the Bible already says. So they were, they were attributing to the Holy Spirit some of their own desires and things like that. And, and granted, we need, to be cons- we need to be aware of those things in our own lives. But in those cases, they were clearly saying, the Holy Spirit told me to do this. And both of them were, at t- the Holy Spirit was telling them it was okay to engage in an immoral lifestyle um, in terms of uh, one was getting divorced and one was something else. And it was, but they were convinced the Holy Spirit was saying it's okay. The Holy Spirit will never, ever, ever contradict what the Bible says or anything Jesus said. All right, that's kind of like rule 101. But let's just go to the passages in the book of Acts. So again, the book of Acts starts with, like we uh, sang in the song, the ch- church of Christ was born and the spirit lit the flame. That's Acts 1, 2, and 3, all right? The spirit becomes reality in significant ways in the lives of ordinary people. The, the book of Acts, uh, there's one situation where the Pharisees were so frustrated with the disciples but they said, but they knew they were unschooled, ordinary men. So the Holy Spirit is not for those who are educated and super spiritual. It's for ordinary people like us, all right? ordinary people. So the Holy Spirit uh, starts doing amazing things. Of course, there's a phenomenal thing in Acts 2. But then the rest of the book of Acts is basically the Holy Spirit sending people out to accomplish the mission of Jesus. The mission of Jesus, from his own words, the set captives free, gives recovery of sight to the blind. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us more, most often about the mission of us being a part of the mission of Jesus to set people free, recovery of sight for the blind, announce to people that, that the year of the Lord's favor, God is for you and not against you. So the Holy Spirit will always speak to us according to the mission of Jesus in that sense, all right? So one of those situations was a man named Philip. Go to go to the next slide here. So let me tell you about Philip. Philip was not one of the original disciples. He was actually what's called in terms of helping with some. He was uh, and now he was appointed as a leader in terms of helping with some administrative stuff. But the Bible tells us in Acts chapter seven he was full of the Holy Spirit. So persecution happened after the stoning of Stephen, and the Bible tells us that. They were spread because of that. Because once the persecution happened and Stephen was killed, God used that to spread the disciples, the deacons, all, all the known Christians to start going other places. Uh, Philip, we're told, went to Samaria, uh, kind of outside of Jerusalem. But then there's another, then it says, then it just tells this, and this is Acts chapter 8, 
And I'll just leave that slide up there, but this is how Acts chapter 8 starts. Again, this is Philip, and the passage on the screen is in the middle of the story, but I just want to read the bigger story. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, so first he was spoken to by an angel, all right, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under, under, under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Here's the verse on the screen. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and wait alongside, along beside the carriage. All right? Go over and wait beside the carriage. And then he has this conversation with the man that basically leads him to Jesus, right? But I just want to stop on this phrase right right here. Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. What was that that like? What did it feel like? Did he hear a voice out loud? How did he know? I mean, most people think Luke wrote the book of Acts, and maybe Luke had a personal interaction with Philip and found out this, but we kind of read this passage, we're like, what does it look like, feel like? Because Philip was just an ordinary guy, full of the Holy Spirit, but he wasn't super educated. He wasn't like ordained to be a super, super Christian superman. But it says, the Holy Spirit says to him, go over to the walk alone. How did he know that was what the Holy Spirit was telling him to do? But the Holy Spirit said to him, go over, walk along beside the carriage. And again, then the rest of the passage in Acts chapter 8, he basically talks to the Ethiopian government official, talks to him about, because he's reading from Isaiah, and the, the Ethiopian guy says, who's this talking about? And Philip basically says, it's talking about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. And the Ethiopian actually gets baptized. He comes by, hey, can I get baptized now? So the Holy Spirit was speaking to Philip in a clear way, according to the mission of Jesus. But again, the question is, what does that feel like in real life? I mean, was Philip struck down on the ground and was there sky riding? Was it an audible voice? What was it? We don't know. We're just told the Holy Spirit said to him and he knew it. All right? That's story number one. Story number two, Acts chapter 10, or the next one. So you might, uh, you might know, you might remember that Jews um, did not go into Gentile homes. Gentile is somebody who's not a Jew. Jews did not associate with Gentiles in Old Testament kind of because they were uh, unclaimed. So at this point, Jesus had come and resurrected, and the gospel was, was growing among Jewish people. So there were Jewish believers. Then we're told about Peter, and Peter, uh, this is Acts chapter 10, just two, two chapters later, it says, Peter went up on the rooftop of a home he was in, up, up to pray. There were somebody who was making dinner for him. Peter went up there to pray and said he had a vision. And there's another supernatural way that God speaks to us, but we're right now just talking about the Holy Spirit speaking. So he has this vision, and uh, it's about a guy named Cornelius. Cornelius was a Roman officer. Cornelius had first had a vision from an angel saying, there's a guy named Peter that lives in this town in this guy's house, go to that house and ask for Peter. All right? But this is where the story picks up from Acts chapter 10 with Peter. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the roof to pray. It was about noon. He was hungry. But while the meal was being 
prepared, he fell into a trance. And again, we don't know exactly what it was like, but he had some kind of vision. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. And the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Animals Jews weren't supposed to eat. Then a voice said to him, right now we just don't know who the voice was. A voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared. I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times, then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found the house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Because again, an angel had told them he's staying at this house. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over this vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, these men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. All right? The Holy Spirit says something to Peter, very clear. Peter knew it was the Holy Spirit, and it was very distinct directions that were accomplishing the mission of Jesus. All right? The Holy Spirit said, comma, quote, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I sent them. Peter goes downstairs, talks to the Cornelius. Cornelius is a Roman officer. He's a Gentile. Peter goes to his house. Not only Cornelius and his family, but other friends who were there all become followers of Jesus. All right? Because the Holy Spirit told Peter to go there. Do what they say. Very clear, you know, but the Holy Spirit talked to him. Last one, Acts chapter 13. This is just, again, part of the whole message of Jesus being spread out. Said some of the leaders were, the disciples and other leaders were praying. It says they were praying and fasting. Why they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. All right. So in this case, the Holy Spirit's speaking, but there were a group of them that all agreed, this is what he just said to us. So we don't know, maybe, maybe somebody said, I think God wants us to set, set apart Barnabas and Saul. And others may have said, I don't know, that resonated. I think that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Because, again, we tend to think, oh, this was like some loudspeaker voice. They all heard it at the same time. It probably happened where somebody said, I think this is what God wants us to do. And somebody else may have said, I, that, that resonates with me. That, I think that is what the Holy... And they all probably had to come to a, a point of unity on that. But it wasn't a debate. It was just somebody, maybe one or two, thought, I, I think it's Saul and Barnabas. And again, the Holy Spirit's telling them because he's sending out Saul and Barnabas to do this incredible work, going out to other towns and even countries um, and talking to people about Jesus. So these are three different examples of the Holy Spirit saying something directly to people. And, you know, when you talk about how God communicates to us, there's, there's different ways in Scripture. Sometimes there's a phenomena and then a voice like Moses in the wilderness. This fire hears, hears a voice. Sometimes an angel talks to people. And that happens in, all the, in these stories. It happens in other parts of the Bible. Uh, there's dreams. There's visions. 
in the Bible, this audible voice. But these situations don't fall into any of those because it just says the Holy Spirit said something. There's no indication it was audible. Um, these Holy Spirit saying something to them wasn't part of a dream or a vision. So phenomena, angels, dreams, and visions, audible voice, that, that's, that's in a category that, yes, God can still work that way, but that doesn't seem to be the normal way God works in most of our lives. He often works, and it seems like in these situations, the Holy Spirit often speaks through our own thoughts. Often it's a reoccurring thought. It's a thought that seemingly sometimes comes out of nowhere, although it comes out of your heart, comes out of the Holy Spirit, but it seems to kind of be reoccurring. And so in all these situations, it doesn't seem like there was like any angels present or audible voice. It just said the Holy Spirit said this, and they knew it was him. So, uh, you know, I had, I had a situation one time where I was walking down the hallway in a building on campus and somebody was coming the other way and I knew this person well enough to know they weren't a follower of Jesus at all. I didn't know them well enough to even say hi to them, but I knew who they were. And they were coming down the hallway, it was a long hallway, I was going, it was in the hyper building, I think, yeah, hyper building. And they were coming down this way and I was coming, we were the only people in the hallway and again, I don't, I didn't know the person even well enough to say hi. So, um, and if you know me, I'm not overly social anyway, so I didn't say hi because I didn't. But as soon as I passed him up, I had this thought, you need to write him a note and tell him that God loves him. Actually, it, the, the, the thought that I had was, you need to tell him that God loves him. And I thought, right now? I'm like, I kept walking because I was like, I don't but it was, a, it was a thought that there was no reason why that would have entered my mind. I wasn't thinking about God's love that day. I wasn't thinking about talking to people. But it was just, I want my union to tell him. That, and and like, like I would encourage all of you to do, I'm kind of like, God, was that you? Because that thought came out of nowhere. Well, then a good way to test it is, well, does it seem to fit in the mission of Jesus? Yes. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like this thought in my head was go back and slug the guy in the face then I know that's not the Holy Spirit. But if I'm hearing this sense of, you need to go tell this person God loves them. And sometimes it happens in our thoughts. It's okay to ask God, is that you? Is that really you? And I've, what I've said to God sometimes, if, if that's not you, God, just have the thought kind of drop out of my mind and not bring it back. But if it's you, I want to bring it up tonight, tomorrow morning when I'm in bed and I help me remember that this situation if it's you, keep it in my memory. And <clears throat> it's kind of like, I, I remember the, anybody have an Etch-a-Sketch at home? Maybe, maybe some of the kids did Etch-a-Sketch. And you draw pictures and then you shake it up and it goes off. So what I, my image is, if I'm not sure if it's God, in my head I'll say, God, okay, I'm going to shake this up. But then I look at it and the drawing's still there. I, it's still, what I heard is still there. God, I don't want you to erase it if it's not you. Well, it's still there. So I knew, okay, I needed, so I remember talking to Kathy about this for a couple days, and I actually wrote the guy a note. I knew his address on campus. I wrote him a note, and I just, I just feel like God wanted me to tell you he loves you. I mean, it, and the note I got back wasn't overly friendly or whatever, but I just, I knew because it was a thought in my head that I knew didn't emerge out of what I was thinking and I asked God, can you tell me if that's you? Because I want to know. Because God does speak through, or the Holy Spirit speaks through our thoughts. And again, 
you can always test it by, is it according to the mission of Jesus, which is reaching out to people. <clears throat> Another time, a guy told me to give, somebody, give a worker at an auto place $50 cash and tell them that God loved them. I drove around the block of that place probably for 10 minutes thinking, this is stupid, God. This is a dumb idea. But I knew it was God. I knew it was God. So I gave the person $50. I said, I'm giving you this because God wants me to just, you, God wants you to know that he loves you. Well, that's the mission of Jesus. And it's my 50 bucks, so that's also the mission of Jesus, generosity. And so those were, I, I wasn't even thinking about, I, I was just thinking about getting my oil changed that day. I had no thought of giving this person money. But I felt like God was saying as I walked out, no, I went here to give her $50 and go back and tell her. And she wasn't good looking. I wasn't hitting on her and like that. You know, it was just, but it was one of those things where it's like, okay, God, I'll do this. So I'm just saying, pay attention to thoughts that seem random, especially if they fit into the mission of Jesus, especially if they interrupt your day. All right? Philip wasn't planning to go down this road to see the Ethiopian eunuch. Peter wasn't planning to go to Cornelius' house. Peter was planning to eat dinner. He was hungry. The Bible says he's hungry. So he's probably thinking, God, can I do this after dinner? And No, no, no. The Holy Spirit said, go with these guys right now. So if, if, it's, if what you hear from God or what your, a thought in your head seems to be not, not random because it does come from you and your own spiritual maturity, but the Holy Spirit's saying something, it's like, could it seems out of place with what I was just thinking about, but it feels like it's the mission of Jesus to be a part of setting people free and in healing people. And I've asked God, and he's, he keeps it in my head. So, and it's kind of inconvenient, which God specializes in. None of us, I, I guarantee you, none of us have on our phones this week scheduled a three-hour slot for Holy Spirit time. We don't. We just, it, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit asks you to do something and you have to rearrange your schedule that day or that week or that night. So those kind of are good tests for us if it's the, Holy, if the thought you have. So the Holy Spirit will always speak specifically, personally, intelligibly, and consciously. Specifically, very specific. Set apart Barnabas and Saul. All right? It was personal he was speaking to these men, or he was speaking to Philip. He was speaking to Peter. All right? So it's specific. It's personal. It's intelligible. It wasn't just the Holy Spirit saying, do something. It's, it was, they knew exactly. They knew. They knew the Holy Spirit was talking to them. Peter knew the Holy Spirit was telling him to go with these men. Philip knew he was supposed to go walk over to the chariot and talk to this guy about what he was reading. They knew it. Not because they were smart, not because they were super Christians, simply because the Bible tells us they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit spoke, they knew it was him, they knew what was said, and they knew it was meant for them. And that's no different than you and I. We can know what is said, we can know it's from the Holy Spirit, we know specifically what he wants us to do, and we know we need to do it. Not out of guilt or out of fear of punishment if we don't. We just know, I have to do that. I was told to do that. So, I'm going to encourage you this week. Go to the next slide. I think I have it back to my Holy Spirit said blank slide. Yeah. I'm going to encourage you this week. Um, 
Be open to experimenting with God saying something to you. I'm not, don't put a thought in your mind, or, but be open when a thought happens this week that seems to be like, they didn't, where'd that come from? Okay, it feels like it might be what Jesus wants me to do. Maybe he wants me to go, he wants me to go over and talk to my neighbor about, I don't know, help out with my neighbor, do something. Okay, it seems like Jesus would do this or, okay, and then just kind of test it through. Is it, does it contradict the Bible? No, he's not telling me to go slug somebody. So, so just be open, whether you're driving in your car, you're at work, you're sitting at home, even in the middle of a conversation with somebody, you might have a thought that comes seemingly out of nowhere that may be what you're supposed to say next in the conversation that may lead to some kind of healing and, and wholeness for that person. But just be open. It's not, some people will call it trial and error. I'm not saying trial and error. That almost seems like you're just, it's guesswork. Be open to Holy Spirit awareness of being trial and error. I, I think this is Holy Spirit. I'm going to give it a shot. I mean... Like the time when I gave that lady $50, I mean, what's the, wor- what's the worst that could happen? Well, I lost $50 if it wasn't God. But that's not a bad thing. You know, what's the worst thing that happened? I wrote this guy a note saying, God wants you to know that he loves you. What's the worst thing that happened was he didn't like the note and throws it away. But that's the worst thing that happened. So if it's something that God's asking you to do, the worst thing that happened is it might be inconvenient for you. But give it a shot if you think it's the Holy Spirit. Because we have, you have no idea what he wants to do in our lives. I mean, the, 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 the Christian life, your life, my life, is meant to be led in an ongoing friendship with the Holy Spirit. Just like I can say, Kathy said to me, Ryan said to me, you know, Bill and Judy, they told me this. You, we have conversations with friends. The Holy Spirit wants to have those conversations because he wants us to be a part of the mission of Jesus to set people free. Um, and you might think, well, not me. Well, don't, don't ever think not you, because the Holy Spirit doesn't have any kind of, well, all he cares about is are you willing to do what he asks you to do? Don't think you're not good enough, not special enough, or, what, or anything like that, but that's what he wants us to do. Um, be in conversation with him, and it's life-giving. It is life-giving. Um, when I gave that lady that $50, I was, my heart was racing. I was nervous, but I thought, this is, I, I want to I, I, I do this kind of, I want to do what you asked me to do. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a fearful thing to pray for that because it will inconvenience your day. It will cause you some degree of, I don't know about this. But in the end, you will know by the fruit of what happens in the, after that, you will know it was the Holy Spirit. And you'll know, okay, this is what I think I'm meant, I'm meant to be in these kind of conversations with Jesus. Um, so I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes. And... Um, As only as loud enough for you to hear it, I want you to repeat some words after me. And if, if, if you can't with sincerity say it, then just mumble and nobody will know you weren't saying the same thing. But I want you to say this, um, Holy Spirit, speak to me. All right? That's going to be our short little prayer. So, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And again, just loud enough for you can hear it. All right? Um, Holy Spirit, speak to me. One, two, three, here we go. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Um, Holy Spirit, would, would you honor the prayers of we, uh, the people of Jesus? Would you honor our prayer that we want to hear from you? We want to be a part of the mission of Jesus.
to bring hope and healing and redemption and freedom to people. Um, we, want to, we want to be a part of that all the time. So would you speak to each one of us this week in a way that we know it's you, in a way we know what you're asking us to do, and in a way that brings life to somebody else? It could be small, it could be big, whatever it is, just we want to just help us out in our weakness. Give us clarity about what you want us to do. And because uh, we want to be those kind of people. So speak to us. Give us courage to obey what you tell us to do. And then fill us with the joy that you said comes from obeying you. Uh, we love you. Um, we're grateful that you, that you call us your friends. And we want to be your, we want to be the friends of Jesus, the friend of the Holy Spirit as well. And we ask this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.